Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome, guys, to a brand new podcast I'm doing. This is Jake Ellenbogen of Downtown Sports Network, and this is the Downtown Sports Podcast, the DTSN podcast, if you will. Um, this is brand new. Uh, I'm going to be doing this pretty much as much as I can. Uh, just going to be covering, you know, weekly uh, sports, football, basketball, baseball, hockey. I mean, we're we're going to try to get everything. I'm not really a huge soccer fan. I don't really know much about soccer, so I'll try to get everything uh, you know, covered and, and have guests on and have some fun with this. Um but I felt like this brand that is starting to, you know, really take off in my opinion, uh really uh impressed with the feedback we've received and there's no sports even being played yet and uh we've already had a pretty good, you know, showing on the website. Um and I just feel like we need kind of a flagship show, kind of like a sports center for like an ESPN. And so I decided to, uh, you know, kind of start this and we'll see where it goes. But, um, you know, first and foremost, we got a lot to talk about. And, and uh, you know, I'll just say that you can follow us at Downtown Sports Network. Um, well, actually at DT Sports Network on Twitter and Instagram. We're on Facebook. Uh, we have YouTube. We have Twitch. Uh, DTSN gaming on Twitch and you know we'll have more stuff coming uh there shortly but uh for the most part you know we're, we're kind of all over the place if you want to follow my personal it's at JK Bogan DTSN on Twitter um at JK Bogan on uh Instagram and you can find me on Facebook at uh, Jake Allen Bogan um so we have a lot to discuss uh we just found out that basically the MLB uh, is coming back, but it's not coming back. It's really kind of bizarre going on right now um, because the, there was just news John Heyman broke that uh, baseball and, and the MLB would be back and things were agreed upon. Now everybody's kind of like pumped the brakes. What's going on here? Um, well, what, what do we know right now? We know that Rob Manfred, I mean, he's done kind of an awful job um, at getting this league together. Uh, you know, we are now um in june soon to be july and uh we're in the middle of june practically and no baseball has been played um you know i feel like it's a lot harder to restart a season that was already started and then put on hold uh than it is to start up a season that hadn't start yet so i don't know um you know how this has even happened for baseball but it has and uh, you know we're in a weird spot right now. There's a there's a chance that Major League Baseball, as you know it, uh, will not exist in the 2020 season, um, which is weird. You know, um, we're going to be getting back uh, basketball. We're going to be getting back the NBA. It sounds like um, the NFL should be fine as they kick off in September, and 
You have all those teams that are starting to go back to training camp. And uh, then you have the NHL, who you know already has kind of the plan in place for the playoff uh, seating and everything. So it's really interesting. Um, you know, all of a sudden, Gary Bettman is not the worst commissioner in sports anymore. Uh, it's probably Rob Manfred, you know, with the MLB. So just kind of looking at this, apparently the MLB and Rob Manfred, they want to have 60 games in 70 days, which just seems crazy. I mean, that, I mean that's really what I would say. Um, there is, there's obviously going to be, uh, you know, prorated, uh, salary, um, the playoffs will extend, you know, until the end of October, I would imagine. Um, it's a shortened season and it's really going to be kind of the best thing that you can get at this point, uh, because, you know, the MLBPA were not backing down and the MLB in general, uh, wasn't backing down and, um, Ken Rosenthal uh, is reporting that the MLB's proposal includes 60 games in 70 days. Uh, the season starting July 19th slash 20th, full prorated salary, like I mentioned, um, expanded playoffs in 2020 and 2021, and waiving of any potential grievance, um, you know, against the league. So basically, um, this is another. This is another sour. I, I guess this is an, a, another bad look for Rob Manfred. So not only, um, you know, had he not suspended any of the players that took part in cheating, um, you know, sign stealing and cheating with buzzers and things like that on the Astros, uh, but now he's totally um, lost it, and uh, you know he's really struggled to get this this season back underway. Whereas you have the NHL and the NBA, we'll talk about in a sec, are ready to go. They have dates and they, you know they had a plan in place, and you know it's not like this has to be agreed upon. I mean they're they're ready. Um, so yeah, I think this is just uh, this is a whole big mess. If you ask me, um, I still think that they'll probably get a deal done, but uh, I don't know why the players would agree to a sixty game in seventy days type of thing. I mean, that's a little ridiculous. Um, I think that's kind of, you know, smudging the season a little bit. Um, then again, this is what happens, you know, when you kind of drag your feet. So, you know, we'll see. I mean, we'll definitely see in that regard. Um, it'll be interesting if the MLB, you know, misses a year, what happens to the best athletes in the sport? Do they try and play another, you know, in another league? Like does, you know, I, I mentioned it on Twitter kind of as a joke, but almost not really, um, does Aaron judge like want to go and play tight end in the NFL? He has a football background. Um, you know, I, I get, you know, people came at me when I said that and they're like, well, you know, he's not exactly the healthiest player alive. Um, I get that. You know, I know he's in a guy that's been getting injured quite often and that's definitely a concern of mine, no doubt. Um, but I will say though, you know, we talked a lot about LeBron James, when uh, the NBA season was in a lockout, we talked a lot about LeBron James going to the, the NFL. Um, to me, I can't imagine these really gifted athletes in baseball uh, not trying something. Um, 
if if a season doesn't happen. I mean, like Mike Trout could probably play in the NFL as well. I mean, there there are players that are very, very, very athletic that could, you know, try at least to make a training camp or something like that. Um, you know, so I think that's definitely something to keep in mind. Right now, the MLB, we don't have a ton of information except for that. I mean, it's not like, you know, that we don't have games that are going to be played. John Heyman initially said that sounded like a deal was done. And, uh, you know, the MLB kind of came out and said that's not the case. And now Ken Rosenthal is reporting what the proposal is, and it has not been agreed upon. So, you know, we'll, we'll see in that regard. I mean, there definitely could be um, baseball. I wouldn't rule it out. You know, it's not like it's not going to happen. Um, but Rob Manfred really hasn't done a good job. And because of that, I think it is in question. Um, you know, I just, in my opinion, I think things could have been handled better. I mean, just look at the other... Uh, you know, the other commissioners. And furthermore, look at the commissioner that gets the most flack and hate out of any of them. And that is, of course, Gary Bettman of the NHL. So that is uh, that on the MLB. Um, NBA, 2019 and 2020 NBA season. They went on hiatus on March 11th uh, after Utah Jazz big man Rudy Gobert uh, was basically tested positive for coronavirus. Um, and so, you know, the league basically suspended all operations uh, starting on March 11th. And the rest of the country kind of followed suit. You know, you had the NCAA tournament that was canceled. Um, you had, you know, the NFL season was kind of put on a on a brief hold. Um, the off season anyway, you couldn't have visits. You couldn't have, uh, you know, you couldn't actually do um, any of those physicals that you would do for, you know, free agents. Um, the MLB season was all of a sudden put on hold. The NHL season was put on hold with about 11 games to go. Um, it was brutal, but, I mean, it had to be done. It was a necessary thing, and, you know, it was a sign of things to come. That's when things really started to kind of take off. Uh, so, you know, it had to be done. And now, you know, June 4th, the NBA board of directors uh, or governors uh, approve a competitive format to restart the seasons returning to play and a tentative keyword tentative start date of July 31st. So uh, the thing with this is it's really interesting because they basically eliminated eight teams and uh, in doing so um, it made the league a little bit interesting because they could have gone with, you know, the two, the two conferences that have the eight teams in those two conferences that, you know, were going to make the playoffs um, when the season ended, they could have just gone with those teams. However, I'm honestly glad they didn't because you look at, say, you know, the New Orleans Pelicans and they were out by a game. So it's kind of brutal to not make the playoffs by a game because, you know, this unprecedented coronavirus cuts the season short when all you really needed was to win a game and have the team ahead of you lose a game. Uh, so, you know, I'm glad that they did that. Um, that'll be interesting. The restart, what's even more interesting is the restart. They've agreed, uh, with the Walt Disney company to basically use all of Walt Disney's resort in Orlando, Florida as a single site campus for all the games, practices, and lodging for the remainder of the year. Uh, so I think that's really impressive. One, Good job by Disney. Uh, Disney has, um, obviously, you know, they own ESPN, they own ABC, so it made sense because, you know, the NBA has those TV deals, and clearly, 
you know, there's a connection there. So I think it was easier to come to an agreement helps them uh, with their TV deal and everything. But uh, let's not discount how much this is going to help the NBA by having, you know, one separate campus for everything. You know, they're calling it the bubble. And uh, there are some players that have spoken out against the bubble. Um, you know, I, I will say this. It's not it's not the most ideal situation. Obviously, in a perfect world, you'd like to see, you know, these teams being able, you know, the the first seed, the number one seed versus the number eight seed. You'd like to see them actually have a home court advantage. But, um, you know, regardless, though, I think it's the right move. And, you know, we've everything that we've been you know hearing is that you know Disney Disney doesn't skimp they don't you know they they don't take they don't cut corners and anytime you know Disney is you know supposed to basically help you out as far as their service um they go above and beyond as we've seen that's why their parks are so expensive um and I wouldn't expect anything different when you have guys like LeBron James and you know, Giannis Antetokounmpo and some of the greatest athletes in the world uh, that are going to be right in their backyard. Um, <clears throat> I've been hearing that they will have the culinary team of Disney, uh, the same team that works on all those, you know, crazy exotic meals uh, over at Epcot and all of those really expensive restaurants that you've maybe dreamed of going to but never could go to. They will be um, pretty much on call. Uh, for any and all players, there's going to be lounges uh, for, you know, players to be able to kind of, you know, veg a little bit, you know, kick back, play some 2K, you know, they're they're going to make this, you know, inclusive and make this bearable. And, you know, for people that are saying that, like, say it's against the rights and all that, you know, it's important to realize that the NBA is a private company. Um, and I mean, they're not technically they're not against anybody's rights because the NBA literally told teams told players like you don't have to go if you don't want to um that's another story because right now you know you have Kyrie Irving and you have Dwight Howard and you have Avery Bradley as three players that have spoken out against going back and you know they want to um basically fight for uh you know social equality which I I totally get that um, so, you know, people have their own reasons for maybe not wanting to play. It is kind of almost an asterisk ridden season. And I think the NBA is trying to do their best to make sure that's not the case. Uh, so, I mean, that, you know, that'll definitely be interesting. Um, as far as the finals go, it wouldn't end any later than um, October 12th. Uh, so, you know, we're talking about them trying to really salvage this season um, and then, start up the off season as soon as possible and then start the, you know, the season next year. I mean, it's going to be weird because you're probably not going to see a 2020, 2021 season because by the time the 2020 season's over, uh, the, the 2019 to 2020 season's over, uh, it's going to be 2021. So, you know, it, that's an interesting thing where you kind of skipped over a season in a sense and uh, I don't know if, you know, the NBA will ever get that back. So that's the interesting thing here. But for those of you who are asking, here are the 22 teams that are going to play in this, you know, season. 
uh, because they basically, like I said, eliminated eight teams. The Eastern Conference, you have the Milwaukee Bucks, Toronto Raptors, Boston Celtics, Miami Heat, Indiana Pacers, Philadelphia 76ers, Brooklyn Nets, Orlando Magic, Washington Wizards. In the West, you have the Los Angeles Lakers, the LA Clippers, the Denver Nuggets, the Utah Jazz, the Oklahoma State Thunder, the Houston Rockets, the Dallas Mavericks, the Memphis Grizzlies, the Portland Trailblazers, the New Orleans Pelicans, the Sacramento Kings, the San Antonio Spurs, and the Phoenix Suns. Uh, This is all based on competitive format uh, that the Board of Governors approved. Um, The returning teams are 16 teams in the current playoff positions and six teams that are currently six games or fewer behind uh, the eighth seed in the respective conferences. So this was definitely curated out uh, to make sense. The eight remaining games each returning team would play before the playoffs is only if that the tentative date of July 31st uh, is scheduled. Um, So... And I, I will also say that I, I might have um, misled you in, a, in the sense that the playoffs are going to be a 16-team playoff field. The 22 teams will be selected from a team's remaining regular season matchup, and that is going to be the case. That's going to be how you know these are seeded. Uh, this is all about seeding at this point. These 22 teams are going to be in the playoffs. Um, that's how they've decided to do this. So... Uh, the games will be played right on the campus, um, you know, right near Orlando. So, um, you know, that that is where they'll be played. The medical protocols and everything, there's going to be a very serious... They're going to take this very seriously because they want this to work. Um, you know, they're working with infectious disease specialists and public health experts and government officials to establish a, a program that's going to prevent... And, uh, you know, kind of lower the risk uh, relating to COVID-19 and trying to keep things safe. And, I mean, again, it's just not an easy thing that is going to be happening in Orlando. This is unprecedented. Keep that in mind. So this is a very, uh, you know, trial by error type of thing. We're kind of crossing our fingers that just nothing bad happens. Um, How many total games will each team team field uh, play before the playoffs begin? It's going to vary, uh, but most of the 22 teams would play 72 or 73 games after uh, the eighth seed. So <clears throat> that's that's the interesting thing. Like the Dallas Mavericks would play uh, the most total games, and the San Antonio Spurs and the Los Angeles Lakers would have played the least. Uh, so that's interesting. Um, you know, again, the the playoff seeding you know is all based on you know the rest of how everything is played out. Um, the NBA draft lottery is still in effect. Uh, it's still going to happen. I know people were wondering if that was going to be the case. Um, but, you know, I, I, teams, they're allowing the six teams to battle it out and see if they can, you know, get into that top eight in their respective conferences. Uh, so, you know, that is really what we're looking at. It's the same thing as, you know, normal. Um the top 14 lottery teams, uh, you know, that that's going to be the same deal um, as any other year. The NBA draft is scheduled for October 5th, being the tentative scheduled date. And then the 2020-2021 season uh, would begin on December 1st. Um, and this, um, this is going to be based on the tentative date of July 31st. So they, they're actually trying really hard to get in the 2020 2021 season um you know before the season the the year's over uh but they are rushing and this is not the most ideal scenario but i do 
uh, give credit to Adam Silver, who is able to make this work. I mean, he's been working hard to make sure that you have NBA. Um, you know, and I guess that's kind of my biggest issue with uh, Rob Manfred is, you know, you look and the MLB still doesn't have a deal. Um, so that's a little worrisome, I would say. Um, but, I mean, all in all, though, I think the NBA is doing what's right. And, uh, you know, I, I can't say that they went about it the wrong way. Now, moving over to the NHL, this is very interesting because this is a 24-team playoff bracket. Um, and it's very interesting because this is going to be, and we still don't know all of the, the things that, that are going on with the plan. Um, while the NBA is in Orlando, the NHL still has host cities to name. So they they need to have a, a host city uh, for each conference um, established. And right now we don't have those host cities or rather hub cities uh, for each conference. But right now, um, the top four seeds, uh, you know, in each conference, uh, they would play each other in kind of like a round robin format, very new. Um, they would play for seeding. So the Blues and the uh, Bruins kind of got screwed in that regard um, because if you're looking at it, you know, Boston and, you know, the St. Louis Blues, they both were pretty clearly the best teams when the season ended in their respective conferences. Um, but they're going to be in this tournament. I mean, the Bruins are going to have to play the Lightning and the Caps and, uh, you know, the Philadelphia Flyers, whereas the Blues will be in a tough, uh, you know, four-team round-robin, you know, mini-tournament uh, with the Avalanche, the Vegas Knights, and uh, the Dallas Stars. So, um that is going to be how the seeding is done for those teams. Uh, if you're a team like, say, the Oilers, they also kind of met an unfortunate fate uh, because they missed out on the f- the top four seed um, because the Dallas Stars played one less game than them. They had one more win, but the Dallas Stars had a higher win percentage because they had more wins in less games. But that... Oilers actually finished with more wins. Kind of unfortunate, but that's how that works. Uh, so then, moving on, then you have the Oilers, who are the fifth seed um, in the uh, West. And then in the East, you're looking at uh, the Penguins being the fifth seed. The Oilers would play Chicago, which is a brutal matchup. And uh, the Penguins would play the Canadians. Then the 6-11 the uh, matchup, you have the Nashville Predators, taking on the Arizona uh, Coyotes. And then in the East, you have the Carolina Hurricanes taking on the New York Rangers. And then you go on to 8-9 matchup, and that would be Toronto uh, Maple Leafs taking on the Columbus Blue Jackets. And then on the other side of things, you have the Calgary Flames taking on the Winnipeg Jets. And then the final uh, matchup um, of you know the play-in round, as they're calling it, uh, you would have the seventh seed versus the 10th seed, which in the East, the seventh seed is the New York Islanders taking on the Florida Panthers. And in the West, you have the Vancouver Canucks taking on the Minnesota wild. Um, so that, that is really interesting to me. This is a different, this is kind of an unprecedented uh, playoff structure. Um, 
there were still 11 games left, so I can't say I disagree. Maybe there are too many teams in it. Uh, there are some teams that I don't think really had much of a shot and that they made it. Um, but, you know, as Gary Bettman said, you know, basically they wanted to have, you know, keep the integrity of the playoffs, but quote-unquote give a team like, uh, you know, the Florida Panthers an opportunity as well. So, uh, you know, take that for, you know, however you will. I think it's better than not playing. Uh, you know, like the MLB is, you know, kind of struggling to do. But nonetheless, then the next round, the first round, you're looking at, uh, you know, the number one seed taking on the eight or nine, uh, the winner of that game. So that would be one of the Bruins ca- uh, Capitals, um, Caps, and the Flyers taking on either the Toronto Maple Leafs or the Columbus Blue Jackets. And then, of course, you know, vice versa on the other side. Um, and then the, the number four seed would take on the winner of the five twelve. the two seed would take on the winner of the seven ten, and the three seed would take on the winner of six and 11. So hockey will be back folks. It, it should be fun. Um, the NBA will be back. Should be fun. The MLB is up in the air. We don't know. Um, as far as that's going on, I do want to give uh, a quick shout out to NASCAR. Uh, I do want to talk a little bit about NASCAR. I have been I've been following NASCAR for a while, um, but it's starting to really gain some new viewership. And I think part of that was uh, the fact that they decided to come out and condemn the uh, Confederate flag and basically not allow it to be, uh, you know, flown at their events. And I don't want to get too political on this show. Um, I really want to avoid that. But I do want to say that I think this is really important to bring up because I think people whether you like the Confederate flag or not, um, there are a lot of people that are very, uh, you know, turned off by it, uh, very offended by it. And, you know, I totally understand that. Um, so I think the cool thing about this and NASCAR doing this is I think they acquired fans because they decide to be more inclusive. And instead of focusing on, you know, their stereotypical audience, which people, you know, everyone will be stereotypical with NASCAR and saying they only take left turns and it's, you know, certain people that watch the sport again, not trying to be too political. Um, But I think by them doing this, it opened up people's eyes. Uh, You saw, you know, a player um, in the NFL that's well-regarded. He was, you know, a a rising star in that league and Alvin Kamara. And he came out and said, you know, I, he basically had never watched NASCAR before and, all of a sudden, they condemn the uh, Confederate flag, and you know they start to try to make the sport more inclusive to the outside audience. And now you have Alvin Kamara, you know, getting the Bubble Wallace, um, you know, getting the Bubble Wallace uh, merch from NASCAR, and you know, live tweeting the the sport. And I just saw over you know the last week or two, you saw a lot more people that were interested now, and I think maybe that was what was missing. They People, whether they said it out loud or not, they just kind of always associate a NASCAR. I mean, whether it was unfair or not, they always associate a NASCAR with racism. And I feel like the cool thing about it is now um, you're starting to see more people kind of care and uh, give you know the sport an opportunity. And I think the real is- the real um, interesting thing here is that NASCAR is the only sport that's like playing right now in the United States. Um, obviously driving, you know, they don't, they don't play, they drive, but, um, I think that's a big deal, you know, getting these casual fans that never 
bothered with the sport now. Uh, we have people that are now interested and are trying to learn and, you know, are, <clears throat> are picking new favorite drivers and things like that. I mean, you know, I think that's really cool. And I think it's great for the sport and, you know, the, the sport that was dying. And I think this was the best opportunity for it to come back and, um, you know, potentially take that next step because there are sports that have died in the past and uh, they didn't really ever recover. And I mean, you could look at boxing, for instance, um, while boxing is still a great sport. Uh, boxing is no longer a top sport. It's a secondary sport or a tertiary, you know, third sport, fourth sport, whatever. Um, it's not on the same level as the NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, you know, uh, but it used to be. And so that's the thing is like NASCAR, I don't think was ever on that level, but there's no reason it it can never be on that level. I think more people are getting, uh, interested in it. And uh, it's because NASCAR decided to go the route of being inclusive. And I I applaud them for it. Um, That's my take on that. Now, we talked about the NBA. We talked about the NHL. We talked about the MLB. Talked about NASCAR. I do want to bring up my favorite sport, of course, uh, the NFL, uh, the favorite league. And uh, the reason for that is because while the NFL drafts happen and things are, you know, there's not a lot going on. Um, I think it's definitely important to kind of highlight, you know, the NFL, because I do think the NFL, um, you know, obviously the NFL was the the first like sporting, I, I guess they're the first, uh, you know, league to come out and actually want to host a sporting event. Like they came out the NFL draft. They did something unprecedented and people followed, uh, you know, WNBA did the same thing after the fact, the MLB the NHL. So you saw, you know, the NFL's kind of been like a lead by example type of uh, organization, um, you know, throughout this pandemic. And I mean, we're really excited, obviously, to to see that in action. Um, you know, it, this is not going to be the season where we have uh, 17 games, but this will be a, an interesting and unprecedented season. The fact now that there will be seven teams instead of six teams, uh, in each conference making the playoffs. So it will be very interesting in that regard. Um, you know, there's certainly some, you know, some solid talents that aren't even on rosters right now. I just saw earlier today, um, obviously, you know, Cam Newton is a big name that's not on a roster. I know people would mention uh, Colin Kaepernick, but I mean, I got to say Tony Jefferson, uh, who was a former starter for the Ravens. Uh, he is not on a roster right now. Eric Reed's not on a roster right now. There are a lot of good players that are not on NFL rosters. And when you think about that, it's surprising because, you know, at this time, NFL rosters extend to 90 players. So why is that? Well, I'll explain to you now, uh, because of COVID, because of all of the social distancing and the lack of being able to bring guys in for individual workouts and, you know, um, just being able to have them checked over by medical staff because of, you know, social distancing. Uh, I think it's really hurt players like a Cam Newton uh, to be able to find, you know, a job, um, be able to find a job, be able to get the money that he believes he deserves, you know, and I don't think it's been easy. So, you know, for a player like, say, Teddy Bridgewater, um, you know, he had he had things going right for him. I mean, he was benched because Drew Brees, who's a legendary quarterback, came back and he was healthy. Uh, but Teddy Bridgewater led the Saints uh, to an undefeated, I believe it was six straight games uh, he won uh, in relief for Drew Brees. And that's what teams remembered when, you know, the negotiations came in. So I feel like with Cam Newton, who didn't play pretty much all of last year, 
you kind of need to, you know, give that guy a little bit of a medical uh, before you can go and give him that contract. Um, if he's going to go anywhere, though, uh, if I'm the Chicago Bears, that's the first player I reach out to uh, once I'm allowed to bring guys in for workouts and, uh, you know, medical reviews and things like that, because I think Cam Newton would really help the Bears out. I think that, you know, Mitch Trubisky and, you know, Nick Foles aren't the answer. Um, and I don't know if Cam Newton is necessarily the answer because I know Cam Newton is, you know, somebody that while he is exciting and, um, you know, he's flashy and he's got a great arm and obviously he's, mobi- you know, he's mobile. Um, he's also injury prone. He's been injured quite a bit. So, you know, it's not to say that he's 100% the answer, but if anybody made sense for Cam Newton, uh, I think it would be the Bears. Um, so, I mean, that's just... You know, touching on the NFL a little bit, there's just not a lot to really report on that front. Uh, so, that, you know, that's kind of the interesting stuff there. But um, that's going to do it for this first show. Hope you guys enjoyed. Hope it was informative for you. Uh, we're going to try and have some guests on here from all different types of backgrounds and uh, different sports. Um, if you follow me already, you'll know that I co-host the Downtown Rams podcast with Alexis Craft on this network. Um, so, you know, this is a little different. But I'm still going to be covering the NFL, and, you know, I'm not going to go through it all because I already did, but, um, you know, I'm going to be covering all sports I can and and have some fun with this. So, hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, We'll we'll be doing some uh, video um, podcasts, more more likely, uh, you know, towards the season, uh, working on getting, like, my backdrop and, and, you know, my equipment set up and things like that, but... Uh, I did want to do a podcast because I've been itching to do one and get this thing started and off the ground and getting it on, you know, all sorts of, uh, you know, media avenues like, you know, iHeartRadio and Apple Music and and things like that. So uh, thanks again, guys, for tuning in. I'm Jake Ellenbogen, and uh, this has been the DTSM Podcast. Take care, guys. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.